Buyut is the plural of the word bait. So all believers do not enter the houses of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam as who as uninvited guests. That just because you love the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you want to see what he is doing in his house, what his house looks like, then do not go and enter into his house without permission. Do not go as uninvited guests. You see, the thing is that anyone who is famous, all right, then their private life no longer remains private. People want to know about what happens in their most private lives also, inside their homes also. Which is why it's amazing that you will find images and pictures of famous people, their houses, what their houses look like, what their rooms look like, what their living rooms look like, etc., etc., And over here, we are being taught the etiquette of respecting the privacy of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And this is something that extends beyond the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa also. In Surah An-Nur, we have learned that we must not enter the house, the private space of anybody without their explicit permission. If they have permitted us, then we enter. Otherwise, we do not enter. So over here, the believers are addressed that do not enter the houses of the Prophet ﷺ. This is not respectful, this is not appropriate, and this is something that would of course disturb Rasulullah ﷺ. Illa except, meaning the only situation where you are allowed to enter his house, is when on that yu'dhana lakum, it is permitted for you. Yu'dhana from the word idhn. And what does idhn mean? Permission. So unless it is permitted to you, meaning you are given the permission to enter the house, then you may enter. Of course, given permission by who? By those who are inside. And that would mean either the Prophet ﷺ himself or his family. And even permission, how is permission given to somebody to enter? Either it is idhn lafzi or it is idhn urfi. Idhn lafzi meaning verbal permission. That yes, you may enter. Come on in. Alright? Or a statement like that. Or idhn urfi, meaning it's recognized, it's understood. That if such is the case, then permission has been granted to enter. Like for example, if you go to somebody's house, they've invited you for a certain time. Alright? And they have unlocked the door, it's summertime, and they have even slightly opened it. What does that mean? What does that mean? Come on in. Or for example, they have told you from before that when you come, you don't need to ring the bell because I can't come to the door 50 times, right? So if you find the door open, come on in. There's a sign outside. So this is idhn urfi. It's understood. It's known that you have the permission to enter. Alright? So, illa an yu'dhana lakum. And then, it is said that illa an yu'dhana lakum unless it is permitted for you, meaning to enter, Ila to ta'amin food. Meaning you have been invited to the house of the Prophet 
in order to eat some food for a meal. Now food is specified here. Why? Because this ayah is about a specific incident. Alright? But what this makes clear to us is that there should be a reason for going to the house of the Prophet ﷺ. You have been invited to come and eat. Right? There is a reason. You've been invited for a meal. So don't go randomly without reason to the house of the Prophet ﷺ. It has been permitted for you to come. You are allowed to come in. And there's a reason you have been invited. Then go ahead. Otherwise imagine the Prophet ﷺ, how often, how frequently he would be disturbed. Just think about it. The fact that all of his houses were right next to the masjid. Alright? And in Medina, how many people would come, even from outside? So many delegations, so many visitors, right? You know, for example, when your phone is constantly ringing, what do you do? You can just turn it off, leave it downstairs, right? Or just put it on silent and leave it somewhere where you're not going to look at it, it's not going to bother you. But could the Prophet ﷺ do that? No, he couldn't. Because of course, he was a prophet of Allah. He was there in order to teach, in order to guide people. So over here, the believers are also being taught that for every little thing, don't go on asking permission, may I come in, may I come in, may I come in. If he's in his house, then if he has invited you himself to come and eat, then go and ask permission and enter. Otherwise, for every little thing, don't go and disturb him. إِلَّا أَن يُؤْذَنَ لَكُمْ إِلَى طَعَامٍ It has been permitted for you to come in order to eat some food. غَيْرَ and even then, when you go to eat, then غَيْرَ not, meaning without, نَاظِرِينَ Ones who are waiting. إِنَاهُ It's readiness. Whose readiness? Whose preparation? Of the food. Alright? غَيْرَ نَاظِرِينَ نَاظِرِينَ is a plural of نَاظِر And who is نَاظِر? One who نَظَرَ One who is looking at something. Alright? But this word is also used for one who is waiting for something. Isn't it? Like for example, if you are waiting for your cake to bake in the oven, are you going to look at it? How often? How often? Why is it that we have to turn the light on of the oven? Why? I remember when I finally bought my dishes, when I moved into my own house and bought my dishes, I made sure that I got glass lids. Because I had this problem that I have to look inside, you know, in order to see if the food is ready or not. And if it's not glass, then I'm going to keep lifting it and the steam or the heat is going to go and the food is not going to get cooked. You understand? This is the problem with, you know, people like me who are not really good at cooking that we have to keep looking. Alright? You have to keep opening the oven. So this is nazara. Nazara to look at something. Why? Because you're waiting. You're waiting for it. So غَيْرَ نَاظِرِينَ Once you go to his house in order to eat, don't go so early that you're sitting there waiting. Waiting for what? Inahu. Inahu, the readiness of the food. Inahu is a combination of ina and who. Who? It. This is lamir. It's a pronoun referring to food. And the word ina is from the root letters Hamza Nunya. Alright? Hamza Nunya. Anyun means time. And anayatni is the period of preparation, meaning the time it takes for something to become ready. Alright? So for example, for the food to get ready, to become tender, alright? To be fully baked, whatever it is that you're making. 
So, غَيْرَ نَاظِرِينَ إِنَاهُ When you go to his house in order to eat, don't go so early that you're just sitting there for hours waiting for the food to get ready so that you are served. And then, وَلَكِنْ But إِذَا دُعِيتُمْ When you are invited, meaning at the time that you have been invited, then فَدُخُلُوا Then you enter. Meaning don't go too early, don't go too late. Go when? Go at the time that you have been invited. And then, once you go, the food is served. فَإِذَا So when? طَعِمْتُمْ You have eaten. طَعِمْ مِيمْ طَعَمْ Same root. Once you have eaten the food that was served to you, then what should you do? Wait for another serving? Or wait to chill? No. فَانْتَشِرُوا Then disperse. إِنْتَشِرُوا نُونْ شِنْرَى إِنْتَشَرَى يَنْتَشِرُوا To disperse, to scatter. Meaning go your own ways. Once you have eaten, then leave. Once the purpose has been met, then leave. وَلَا and not مُسْتَأْنِسِينَ 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 is the plural of the word. مُسْتَأْنِس Alright? And مُسْتَأْنِس, what do you think the root is? What do you think the root is? I heard something here. From seeking. Okay, so that means seen is not part of the root. That is also not part of the root. Meme of course is not. Huh? Noon seen here? Mm-mm. Hamza noon seen. Good. Hamza noon seen. Okay? Good attempt, alhamdulillah. So musta'nis. Musta'nis is one who seeks uns. One who seeks uns. What does uns mean? Familiarity. Alright? Friendship. Basically it is to be social. To be sociable, to socialize. So musta'nisin, ones wanting to be social and friendly and comfortable. Alright? Meaning, those who are seeking to remain, wanting, taking interest in what? Li hadith. For hadith. What does hadith mean? Chit chat, speech, conversation. Meaning, once you've eaten, then leave. And do not linger around, do not stay in order to get comfortable for the purpose of talking. Once the purpose has been met for that gathering, then leave. Because if you were to either come in without permission, or you were to come too early, or you were to stay beyond your welcome, then what would happen? In ذَلِكُمْ Indeed that, O you all, what does ذَلِكُمْ refer to? All of this behavior, from which we have been forbidden in this ayah, this is something that kana, it was that yu'zi, it hurts, an-nabiyya, the Prophet ﷺ. This is something that hurts the Prophet ﷺ. This is something that annoys him. This is something that bothers him, this kind of behavior. Why does it bother him? Because you're wasting your time, and you're also wasting his time. And, when you are staying in his house, or coming in without permission, you're staying in his house beyond your welcome, then of course you are keeping him away from doing his work, you're keeping him away from being with his family. This is something that bothers the Prophet ﷺ. 
but because of his noble akhlaq fayastahyi minkum so he feels shy from you yastahyi he feels shy he feels shy of you meaning he feels too shy to tell you to come a little later he feels shy to tell you to come in with permission he feels shy to tell you to get up and leave he feels too shy because of his good akhlaq because wa innaka la'ala khuluqin azim indeed the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was on a very high standard of good character fayastahyi minkum wallahu and allah la yastahyi he does not feel shy min alhaq from the truth allah does not feel shy from the truth and this is the reason why He has not left out anything that is necessary for you to know. And even over here, Allah is teaching you this etiquette, these rules of visiting the house of the Prophet ﷺ and by extension, visiting the houses of other people also. So in this ayah, up until now, what do we see? That the people, the Muslims, are being taught a very beautiful etiquette. with regards to visiting the house of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and for this ayah as i mentioned to you earlier there is a particular context there was a reason why this ayah was revealed anas bin malik radhiyallahu anhu he reported and this is a hadith in bukhari that when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam got married to zainab radhiyallahu anha we learned about his marriage to zainab in the previous verses right so when the marriage took place The Prophet ﷺ invited the people to a meal for a walima. And remember that Anas ﷺ said that the best walima was this one, right? Because there was meat and bread. All right? There was meat and bread. For us, forget about a walima. This is a standard lunch or dinner party, right? There has to be some major carb and some major, you know, protein, meat especially. So, this was, you know, a very memorable event because the food was so good. All right. So anyway, Anas radhiyallahu anhu he said that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam invited the people to eat the walima food. So what happened? They took the meal, they came, they ate, and they remained sitting and talking. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam after some time he showed them as if he was ready to get up. But what happened? Still some people did not get up. When he noticed that there was no response to his movement, he got up. He actually got up. All right? Before what happened, he was showing as if he is about to get up. But then when people didn't get it, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he got up. And and the others too, many other people, they got up except for three people who kept sitting. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he left. along with many of the sahaba they all left but three people stayed behind and what were they doing they were just talking the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam after some time he came back in order to enter that house and that house was the house of zainab radhiyallahu anha but what happened those people were still there so the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam went away he came back again but the people were still there he left and this happened a couple times they didn't get it and eventually what happened they left And then Anas radhiyallahu anhu he went to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to find him and to inform him that those people have gone. So the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam then he went to the house of Zainab radhiyallahu anha and as over here it is mentioned 
that do not enter without permission. Alright? And then later on in the ayah, it is mentioned that when you go to ask the wives of the Prophet ﷺ for something, ask from behind a screen. So what happened? Anas anhu he said that the Prophet ﷺ went in and I was going to go behind him, but he drew the curtain. Because this is when these ayat were revealed. Alright? In another report we learn, which is also in Bukhari, Anas anhu he said the Prophet ﷺ got married to Zainab anha with a wedding feast of meat and bread. And I sent someone to invite people to the feast. And some people came and ate, and they left. Then another group came and ate and left. He said, I invited people until there was no one left to invite. There was no one left to invite. Alright, this was the walima of the Prophet ﷺ. Everybody was invited in batches. So what happened? Eventually, Anas anhu he said that, O Messenger of Allah ﷺ, I cannot find anyone else to invite. So he said, okay, wrap up the food. Anas anhu said, I went, and there were three people left who were talking in the house. The Prophet ﷺ, he went out, and he went to the house of Aisha anha. He spoke to her, and then he went to see the other wives, and then those people were still there. So Anas anhu eventually when those three people left, he went and called the Prophet ﷺ. So now you understand why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah. Hmm? But this ayah is so beautiful. Because it really teaches us how we must show respect to other people. Right? Their privacy, their private lives, their time, their work. Most importantly, their time, right? Their time alone, their time with their families, this is something that we need to respect. The thing is that people gather for various purposes, right? We gather for different reasons. Whether it is for a wedding, or you know, an aqiqah, Eid party, whatever it may be. Iftar. And generally, for such occasions, there's also food. Right? There's also food that is served. So over here, by... Mentioning the house of the Prophet ﷺ, all of us are taught the etiquette. That avoid everything that would be a means of troubling the host. The host is doing you a favor by inviting you. So do not overstep the bounds and cause trouble to the host. So that next time, he doesn't even think about hosting an event or calling you over. So what are the lessons that we learn over here? What are the lessons that we learn over here? Think. Look at the ayah and tell me. What's the first thing we learn? What's the first thing we learn? Yes. Exactly. Seek permission before going. Do not go to a party, to a wedding, to somebody's house, to any occasion as uninvited guests. This is disrespectful to the host. And if we have not been invited somewhere, let's not invite ourselves over there. And if we have not been invited somewhere, let's not get offended over there either. Because if someone has invited us, it's their choice. It's their right to either invite us or not. Right? Because it's their house. It's their food. It's their money. They have the privilege of sharing it with somebody or not sharing it with somebody. So let's not get offended when people forget to invite us or when they do not invite us. Alright? 
and let's not impose ourselves on other people either. And these days, alhamdulillah, it's really not difficult to seek permission. This ayah does not mean do not seek permission before going to somebody's house. This ayah does not mean don't go to other people's houses. That's another extreme. What this ayah is teaching us is that before you go, seek permission. And don't go for every little thing. Go for some genuine reason. Don't just go into other people's houses and just sit there for hours and hours being served tea and then dinner and then one thing after the other. Maybe the third cup of tea, right? The tea was done, now some juice, now some snack, right? Now some TV, now some conversation. No, don't do that. Because this kind of attitude, what does it show? That a person neither cares about their own time nor do they care about the time of others. Right? So this is something that we need to remember when we're going to somebody's house, right? Not just house, but even when, you know, sitting with somebody, let's say you're at school, you see your friend sitting in the library doing her work. Is it appropriate then, and maybe she's having her bagel, right? Is it appropriate that you go sit right next to her and you start eating her bagel also, and you start interrupting her every few minutes, and you say, no, I'm chill with her. Right? She's chill with me. No, just because she's chill with you doesn't mean you eat half her bagel and disturb her when she's trying to get her assignment done. Right? This is childish behavior. Children do not understand the concept of interruption. Isn't it? That when two people are having a conversation, they'll go on interrupting. Why? Because they have something to say, they'll say it. Even if other people are talking. So this is something that we need to remember that other people's time, their privacy, it deserves respect. Their private space, the work that they're doing, it deserves respect. So let's not interfere, let's not interrupt, let's not go into their office, or their meeting, or their house, or their bedroom, or interrupt their phone conversation, or anything like that without their permission. So that's the first thing. What's the next thing that we learn in this ayah? Hmm? Okay. Second thing is, do not go too early. Hmm? Meaning, go on time. And by extension, we can also understand this as, on the flip side, do not go too late either. Unless something happened and you've communicated with the host, you've informed them. That's understandable. Right? But otherwise, going too early, how could that be a problem? How could that be a problem? Yes. The food isn't ready. Tell me something, I'm sure all of you have had guests over, right? So until the minute before guests arrive, what are you doing as a host? Running around. Isn't it? You're running around. This is something very normal. Why are you running around? Because maybe you have to take something out of the oven, do something on the stove, maybe put the dishes in the dishwasher, maybe do something else. Right? You're working until the guests arrive and sometimes even after the guests arrive. So if the guests arrive too early and we happen to be those guests, isn't that going to create difficulty for the host? Because do they sit with us or do they prepare the food? Right? And then on top of that, it's embarrassing for the host that the guest is here, they're waiting and the food is not ready. You understand? So غَيْرَ نَاظِرِينَ إِنَاهُ now let's extend this beyond just a food-related party or event. Hmm? Otherwise also, 
the time that we have been given, is it respectful to show up before time? Is it respectful? You see, we find this a little strange because generally we do the exact opposite. Right? We go very late. Right? We don't go early. Early is something that's, you know, not even an option for us. We always go late. But even going early is something that we have to avoid. Go ahead. Assalamu alaikum. About the invited, like when you invited a wedding, sometimes what happens, people invited 150 people, and then what happens, 200 people comes. Because uninvited people, like for example, you tell your friend, oh, I'm going wedding, come with me. And reality in our religion, if you're not invited, I guess as I are telling us, we're not even supposed to attend in that yeah. invitation. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. It's really uh, this ayah giving us clear that we're not supposed to go where we're not invited or even eat. Yeah. I mean, it may happen with you that, you know, somebody's invited you and you find out that your cousin, for example, just came over and now she's staying with you. You're going to a party. It's not respectful that you leave your cousin behind. So you can ask the host always. Right? You can inform the host. You can ask them. Yes. Assalamu alaikum. I know somebody who was very curious, a young girl, to get a job, government job. And she was so curious that she went one day early instead of the tomorrow. And she reported that for interview. They said, you have interviewed tomorrow. How come you came one day early? And she lost the job. So she the lost entire, the job. Yeah, the entire. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. How do you handle the situation where uninvited guests do come over? You know, because sometimes it may be relatives, right? So in that situation, what should we do? We see over here the akhlaq of the Prophet ﷺ, right? minkum. He was shy. Because of his good akhlaq, he didn't say anything to them. He tried to show them that, okay, I gotta get up and go. I'm gonna go do something. He tried to show them, but they didn't understand. They didn't get it because they wanted to stick around and talk to the Prophet ﷺ. It was a wedding. You know, walima, it's a party. So they wanted to have fun. Musta'nisina li hadith. The Prophet ﷺ was shy. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He clarified the matter over here. Right? So this shows that maybe not at that occasion when people do come over, but otherwise, if Allah has revealed this rule in the Qur'an, then we must share this with our friends as well as our families. This is sacred knowledge. I think there's a bit of like a cultural context. I think you need to know about what that sister was sharing about uninvited guests. My friend, she's Somali, and she was telling me how in Somali weddings, it's a huge problem that people invite like certain people, and then they invite their own friends, and and like it's chaotic, basically. That happens a lot, apparently. I mean, I think it's not limited to some cultures only. This is a human issue. I remember there was one say. Super Bowl party somewhere, okay? And uh, initially there were supposed to be what, maybe five, six people? And by the end of it, I think over 20 people showed up. Which is fine, inshallah. But uh, this is something that happens. I mean, there are situations in which you can ask the host if you can come. But, you know, this is decency that we must seek permission before going. So whether we are Pakistani or Somali or whoever we are, any kind of event that we're going to, Forget about event. If we're going to visit somebody's house, even before that, seek permission. Call and ask. 
And the thing is that if we don't seek permission before going, it will cause us frustration. What if we go there and they're not even there? What if we go there and they're in a rush to go somewhere? Right? So we feel disrespected. Go ahead. Assalamualaikum. I think it's important also for those who are organizing the parties to actually start on time. Because sometimes they tell you, please come at 6, and they start at 10 p.m. So what are you supposed to do there too? It's both sides, I think. Exactly. Jazakallah khair for bringing that. Because it is a problem. So often it happens that when I'm invited somewhere, I ask them, what time should I actually come at? You know, because I know that the invite says 4 o'clock, but what time is the lecture supposed to start? They say 5.30. I'm like, okay, I'll come at 5.45. They said, yes, okay, come at 5.45. We'll start at 6. So this is what happens, you know. So we need to respect our own time and also the time of other people. Yes. When they say which time, okay, for non-family members, 5 o'clock, and family should come at 6 o'clock. Now they have two timings. Interesting. <laughs> Go ahead. Assalamu alaikum. Another problem is when you invite, like, example, you invited 20, 10 people, 20 people, you have specific food, you order it, and, it. Yes. and they won't come. You have to wait two more hours or four hours, or maybe they will show up after we finish, and you will be in burdened situation because you have to figure out what kind of food maybe they are close family and you cannot give them some kind of food left over so it's always is in the situation that you don't know how to solve it sometimes exactly so you know change begins where from who from ourselves right so we need to think about what we do when we go to somebody's house or when we have people over, we need to change our behavior. We need to conform to what this ayah teaches us because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses who? Alladina amanu. This is part of your iman. This is something that your iman demands from you. This is for the purpose of perfecting and completing and beautifying your iman. So, لا تدخلوا بيوت النبي إلا أن يؤذن لكم إلى طعام غير ناظرين إناه. Then, what's the next thing we learn in this ayah? فَإِذَا طَعِمْتُمْ فَانْتَشِرُوا Once you've eaten, then go. وَلَا مُسْتَأْنِسِينَ لِحَدِيثِ Do not linger around waiting for what? For chit-chat. This is also something very, very important. That once food has been served and you've eaten, then go. Go and do your work. You know, even when it comes to Salatul Jumu'ah, in Surah Al-Jumu'ah, what is it that we have been instructed? That when salah is complete, when salah is done, then what should you do? Go disperse through the land and seek the provision. Meaning, don't just sit there wasting your time unless you're doing ibadah. And even for ibadah, there is a time before Jumu'ah. Now once Jumu'ah is done, go, do some work. Get busy in something productive, in something useful. So this is also something that we need to remember. That once the food has been served, party is over, then go. I think the problem is that we overdress for parties in general. Right? So it doesn't make sense to go to a party for just an hour and a half and eat barely anything because the food was too spicy and then leave. You know, we want to make sure that if we've gotten dressed up, we take full advantage of it. So an hour and a half seems too little of a time. So we stick around later on in order to make sure that all that time invested in dressing up, you know, is paid off. Go ahead. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us this command in the Quran. So it shows us that this isn't something we should be offended by. If someone else is saying, I'm sorry, I'm busy, you can't come over right now, or I'm sorry, you need to leave, it's not something we should get offended by because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us this is the truth, this is what you should be doing anyways. Yes. And you see over here the context is wedding. Alright? So think about weddings in particular. The people were sitting in the house of the Prophet ﷺ. That house was the house of Zainab anha. Alright? She was there. Because this was before the ayat of hijab were revealed. Alright? She was there. Other people are there. But these three outsiders are there who need to leave. And they're not leaving, which is why the Prophet ﷺ cannot sit with his wife. He cannot talk to her. You understand? And typically what happens? Our wedding celebrations, alright? They are such that by the end of the wedding, the bride and groom are completely exhausted, literally exhausted, and then they have no time for each other. They have no time for each other. Why is it that our weddings have to be super late? I mean, the wedding is supposed to end at 10, but it begins at 12. And then by the time guests leave, and the bride and the groom get to where they have to get to, it's time to pray Fajr. You understand? Exactly. That day, the wedding day, is not for the bride and groom anymore. Really it isn't. It really isn't. And what happens eventually, that first the guests leave within the families, they have to stick around, right? And then sometimes when the families are around, they have to go with the bride and groom to their house even. And once they go to the house, they have to sit there. Waiting for what? Allahu A'lam. I've witnessed this myself and it bothers me. Don't you see the fatigue in the eyes of the poor groom? And the fatigue in the eyes of the poor bride? I mean, she's tired with all that makeup and that jewelry and those heavy uncomfortable clothes and those shoes. Let her relax. You know, وَلَا مُسْتَأْنِسِينَ hadith. Don't do that. This is something very disrespectful. And beyond the wedding also, otherwise also, this is something that we need to respect. I mean, how... How sad it is that literally now from banquet halls, people are being told, it's time to go. They're being told it's time to go. I mean, people who own the banquet halls, they have to wrap up also, don't they? They have to go to their homes also. And they cannot wrap up as long as you're there. So, وَلَا مُسْتَأْنِسِينَ لحديث. Because in ذَلِكُمْ كَانَ يُؤْذِنْ نَبِيَّ فَيَسْتَحْيِي مِنْكُمْ وَاللَّهُ لَا يَسْتَحْيِي مِنَ الْحَقِّ Allah is not shy of the truth. 